Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Reckless speculation. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Now launching. Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? The Detroit Pistons at Utah and then back home for. A game against Cleveland. Andrew Wiggins. Hell, oh, Carl Anthony Towns. The putback. Thunderous. Dunk. 0 for 6 from the field for the Lakers to start this game. Teague left all alone. Drills another. It did. I mean, the team had won a couple games here, but uh, this has been some time in the making uh, between Tom Thibodeau and uh, ownership, uh, Glenn Taylor. Uh, for now, Scott Layden will stay in as the general manager. Now, he reported to Tom Thibodeau. He was president and coach. Uh, but once the Jimmy Butler saga started to unravel, that was the beginning of the end for Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota. One name to watch, and I'm told is a uh, favorite of ownership, former Bulls coach Fred Hoiberg, who has already replaced Tom Thibodeau once in Chicago. Uh, he has a history in Minnesota in the front office, and there's a possibility either in a, either a front office role or a head co- coaching role uh, that Hoiberg is a candidate there. He's also a candidate at UCLA. Yeah, it's, is it surprising that it happened after a 22-point win against the Lakers? Yes, but I do think that everyone knew Tom Thibodeau's seat was hot, and it was just you were just wondering what straw was going to break the camels. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely didn't expect to be uh, standing here. Um, you know, I'll... Uh, I'll first off say how how much I respect Coach Tibbs and uh, Coach Andy Greer as well. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's tough when you, when you you spend so much time with with uh, people, you know, on the road or just in general. And uh, then you see uh, you're not going to see those people as much anymore. Um, that's a tough thing. So um, I'm thankful for the opportunity, though. Um, and moving forward, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing you know progress on the court and uh, helping grow this team. You know, if, if you look at something as a tryout, I think that's when you start putting um, pressure on yourself or the situation or other people that um, just isn't isn't there. This is a, I came to work, same time, actually maybe a little bit earlier today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't get much sleep. Um, same time, for the most part, um, put my, my work, work in. Um, the only thing was I just spoke a little bit more in, uh, in practice. But I'm, I'm still going to continue to be myself with these guys and, and, and just um, try to grow each day. So, Danny Cunningham, yesterday Hello, yesterday you get back from a week off, Yep, a week of vacation. You go to Target Center to cover a matinee against the Lakers without LeBron, Kuzma, the depleted Lakers. The Wolves win by 22 points. Minneapolis nightlife is undefeated. And then, yes, it is. But wait, hold on a second. So you're working in the media workroom after the game. Describe what happened from there when a move that is not surprising that it was made happened, but certainly caught a lot of people, including me on my couch, by surprise by its timing. So of the people still remaining in the media room, I was the first one to get the alert because it popped up on my phone. Mm Mm-hmm. Bleep. They just fired Tibbs. And then everyone else, including all the Lakers writers that were in there sitting on the other side, go, what? I go, yeah. Shams and Johnny, they just fired Tibbs. Their guy just got beat by 22 and Tibbs got fired. Yes. So that meant that um, every word in my story was just select all delete. 
Um, totally, I didn't write a, a now, word about that game against the Lakers last night because this is now the story in the NBA, Judd. Now, I've given this quite a bit of thought because I saw that. I saw that firing. I, I think you sent me a text pretty soon after you got the Shams alert, and I thought to myself, okay, I'm not surprised by this, but the timing, why the timing? You, it's you just one back-to-back games. Can I, can I give you my theory, though, my feeling? It's in only Minnesota fashion. It's both too late and oddly early. Yes, that's very well put. But here is, the more I think about this, this move by Glenn Taylor and the Timberwolves had nothing to do with on the court. This did not have to do with basketball. So if you're, thinking, I wouldn't say nothing. Well, it had very little. It, the timing, though, I, had very, I, I don't think the timing. Okay, okay the timing. Sure. The timing had very little to do with basketball. But the actual move, I don't think, had nothing. I think oh, the, no, the no. timing. The, yes, the, move, the actual move. The move is very basketball. The move was going to happen uh, largely because this guy couldn't run a basketball team. The moment that they allowed Jimmy Butler to practice with them, this move was always going. Yes, to happen. and we knew that, and we didn't know when. But the timing comes down to this. Mm -hmm. Very simple. Nothing to do with basketball and timing. Everything to do with business. A lot to do with business. Doogie, who's going to join us for an impromptu scoop at uh, the bottom of the hour, has been saying... 3.30. Thank you very much. Has been saying for weeks now. Doogie has been telling us for weeks now that season ticket renewal forms are going out very soon. Mm -hmm. That is going to be the case. And so back up, and I always said, and I think those of us who think through this logically said, well... Once we sort of knew that Tibbs had deceived Taylor with the timing of the Butler trade demand, which we now found out came right after the playoff series loss to Houston, yep. that that was caused to fire Tom and, and actually actually fire him with cause and, and not, not give him. him all his money, but you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But You messed up? If you, No, but here's where they didn't mess up. Here's what they're thinking. Think of the two people, the two people that went into Tibbs' office to fire Tibbs. Mm-hmm. The CEO, Ethan Casson. Yep. And the GM, Scott Layden, who, by the way, was hired by Tibbs and who had no interest in firing Tibbs because he is now going to be fired himself. But what Taylor and Casson devised was the plan of let's do this right around the time that those season ticket renewal forms are going out. Money, money, money. Because we've dropped from 21st in attendance a year ago to 29th now. I went to the game on Friday night, and now Orlando stinks. It was a bad game, but it's a Friday night, and people can still decide to go to a basketball game. The game was lightly attended, and you still had people standing up and arbitrarily yelling, Fire Tibbs! And so this comes down to a very simple formula of a business decision, which, okay, then the question is, what's the incentive to put 32-year-old Ryan Saunders in charge? Well, people love... Tickets. Exactly. People love Flip. Ryan's a good kid. Ryan's a good kid. Ryan is going to get his chance now. And I firmly believe that when Taylor tells the Star Tribune of Pioneer Press that he is going to give Ryan every opportunity to keep this job, he's telling the truth. Because if Ryan gets butts in the seats, Ryan Saunders, even at the tender age of 32, is going to keep this job. The only thing that I really don't like about this is, Glenn, come on, you're in Florida, you send in your CEO and the GM, who, by the way, was hired by the head coach and president of basketball operations, to execute this firing, that is gutless of Glenn Taylor. When you're gut- you knew you were going to do this for weeks, be in town for it. I know Tibbs is a Tibbs can be a jackass, and I'm sure he didn't take it well. But nonetheless, my biggest problem with this is Glenn. If you're going to run this franchise, run it. That means have the have the gonads to be in town when when you fire your head coach. But all of that being said, I think the timing, not the move, but I think the timing of this move comes down to one thing, and that's the business of basketball. Certainly not concerned about where this team is at basketball-wise. I definitely would agree with that. It's it's about that. They want to make money. It is a business at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And Glenn Taylor is what at the end of the day? A businessman. And a very successful one in a lot of endeavors that don't involve the Minnesota Timberwolves. Which a lot of NBA owners are. You can look at Dan Gilbert, for example, has been a terrific businessman in making his fortune. He's just a crappy NBA owner. But that's what it is at the end of the day. This is a business move. It's a move that was going to happen for basketball purposes at one time or another, but it's a move. It's a basketball move with business timing. I think that's probably the best yeah. way to put this. Yes, exactly right. And and is it going to work? I have no clue. We don't know. Now, now I do think I do think 
to go backtrack to what you said, you're exactly right. Once the Butler thing failed, Tibbs was done. There yes. was no coming back. The clock and, was ticking. Yeah, and in exactly. Fact, yeah. And in fact, we talked about that a lot. So that, then it came down to. Would they fire Tibbs during the course of the season? Would they wait until April? And I become fairly convinced at one point that, that they were going to actually wait or miss the playoffs and then fire Tibbs. See, I thought it was going to happen next week. I, thought it, was, right? I thought it was going to happen after the Why'd Philadelphia you think that? game. Because I thought that that was just going to be another embarrassment to the franchise. When the guy that they traded in, Jimmy Butler, is going to embarrass them. It's a tough stretch. They've got a couple of days off after that game. It made sense to make the move right then. The thing, so the thing with Tibbs is, when and I had that date circled for, I've probably had that like date weeks. circled for a month. I told, I had started to tell Doogie that I really thought it was going to happen then, uh, about a month ago. So in retrospect, the thing with Tibbs to me is this: at the time of the hire, I liked it. Where I was one thousand percent wrong, idiot, and went against my instincts at that time was not the coaching move. It was the it was something I know, which is you do not give in 2019. You do not give total control to anybody. I don't care unless it's Belichick or Pop, which is well, hard. Pop and Malika Andrews of ESPN asked that question yep. uh, whether or not that that is a a fair thing to do anymore because Greg Popovich is the only one in the NBA that has it. If you look at the last two Tibbs and. Uh, Van Stan Van Gundy and Detroit. Detroit had it. They're both been canned. It yeah, doesn't even, work. It and, takes a special person. And even in the case of Pop, I mean, Pop is the head honcho, but like R.C. Buford still has a lot of pull down there yeah. with him. So there's, and does there's a good job. That, yeah, he does a fantastic job. And so even even though Pop kind of has both titles too, he has another guy with him that is very every bit as significant in terms of front office duties as as pop the other and they only had one screw up in the past what 22 years and that's the Kawhi leonard situation how that was handled and you should never look we've got to learn this and we just don't we're stupid you should never look at the spurs or patriots and say replicate that that you're an idiot Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done it. I'm an idiot. Because there's a reason why they're good at it is because they're just good. Right. The other thing with Tibbs that, and we did not consider this in this town, or enough of us did not at the time, and it was a big misstep, Danny, mm-hmm. was in the fact that we all said it was the Bulls front office that had problems, not Tibbs. Tibbs is going to be great. Tibbs is going to be fine. He took a year off and he went around and traveled and learned from Spent other time teams. time in Golden State, yeah. San Antonio. All right. When you hear somebody is off the rocker, they are. The other factor to this, and this guy is flipping crazy, and we did not know it, is Jimmy Butler. Yeah. The Jimmy Butler thing... The fact that this guy didn't, that we had no idea that psychologically he's nuts. He's just crazy. Like, he can't he well, can't be happy. So, basically, what you did with this franchise, unknowingly, is you created the perfect powder keg. And everybody was boom. like, well, yeah, Tibbs will be great because he was in Chicago for five years. And they made the playoffs. Or Butler has turned himself into an all-star. What we never considered was these people, for the most part, are off the rocker. Nuts. And that's Nuts. where and that's where the biggest misstep was. Now, I would argue that it's not necessarily our job to know that. If you're doing the hiring, it's your job to know Absolutely. that. Or the trading for. And once Tibbs had full control, it was over. Mm-hmm. It was if you had had a GM for Tibbs, that guy could have said, "I've done some background on Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler is off his rocker, and we are not going near that guy. He is a terrible teammate. He's a bad guy. He's a manipulator. We're not doing it." But the day they gave but Judd, he's full an control, it drives. But this is where due diligence has to be done. It has to, and on everybody, and nobody did the proper due diligence. And because of that, we all got played for suckers because we all bought into everything that they were trying to do without saying, you know what, this guy's crazy, and this guy's even crazier. I remember, suckers. I remember going back two years ago, or I guess almost three years ago, when Tibbs got hired and. We were doing an episode of Raised by Wolves. It was me, Steve McPherson, Derek James. And Steve brought up the point, okay, you're going to give Tibbs both jobs, but who is going to be, who is going to hold Tom Thibodeau accountable if things go wrong or if something something goes wrong or something is bad or it doesn't work out the way? Like, who is going to be the one to oversee Tom Thibodeau that Tom Thibodeau has to ultimately answer, and, and answer if, for? And if, Tibbs had, answer to. and if Tibbs had had some common sense, it might have worked, but he didn't. He was basketball crazy from the day he set foot in this town. And when you give that guy complete control and allow him to trade for Butler, it's an absolute landmine. 
Take a break. Uh, Phil will join the show as he always does at 4 o'clock. Doogie with a uh, Timberwolves-related Tibbs scoop at 3.30. More after this, Mackie and Judd right now is Judd, Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Please, continue. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check in the traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Let's go over to 169 northbound in Champlin. Uh, we've got a 10-minute delay if you're in that area uh, between uh, 114th Avenue North and 117th Avenue North. That's because of a crash in that area. Judd? Josh, 34 minutes again for him. Uh, he followed up with 33 in the last game. How is he in terms of kind of pacing himself? Uh, he plays with so much energy. Uh, when, it, when it comes to stints of 30-plus minutes or stints of 10-plus minutes that he was getting earlier in the year. Is, I mean, is he come on. Balance? Really? Is he not <laughs> the guy, the guy, How old is he? I mean, I don't want him pacing himself. I want him playing as hard as he can on every play. Come on, when you're, when you're his age, there's no pacing. Come on. <laughs> that, of course, was Tibbs after the Wolves' 22-point win against the Lakers on Sunday. And, Danny, he... Let, uh, let the record show, I, I think... When Tibbs was fired, I led the standings in making him laugh. I had two. I think that was Chris Hines' first time. So what? Okay. so I I led the media room in making Tibbs laugh. So he gets done with this press conference Uh where he's won by 22. Even Tibbs is laughing, which was rare. Again, I I led the room. He walks out and basically, what, starts to go to his office and there are uh, Ethan Casson, the CEO of the team, and Scott Layden, or what? Better yet, Sid Hartman. 98-year-old Sid Hartman was supposed to have a one-on-one in Tibbs' office with him. He was there. Oh, with the walker, huh? Yes, he was there. Yeah. Ready to have a one-on-one with Tibbs, mm-hmm. and they canned him. So do you do you think deep down in his uh, Grinch-like Tibbs heart, he was surprised? Not surprised that he was fired, but surprised at the timing of it, probably. I think he expected because to make it a little bit longer than he did. He, he could not have been surprised that this happened. No, he shouldn't have been. Could not have been. Not not with the way the Butler situation was. There's no way this came as... There's there's no way he expected to be the long-term coach of this franchise with how everything is going. Now, I will say this. Anybody that thinks the the Lakers game with playing a Kogi too much or Towns, which was stupid, but anybody who thinks any of that had anything to do with this, I think you're crazy. No, this was planned. I, I think that this was planned from the time that Glenn Taylor left for Florida. And I think it was very much planned that Glenn would not have to be present for this. I think they sat down. I mean, because let's be honest. If you work with a, a sports owner who gets irrational about things at all, who is not calculated, mm-hmm. you are done after that Hawks loss two Fridays ago that we were at. That cost what you your job. What a night that was. Oh, and it was, you're playing a team in, in the Hawks that night that is trying aggressively trying to lose that game. They were not making winning basketball plays. No. no. And they're in not. In the least bit. That was, a, that was amazing. Can we just talk about that No, no, we can't. That I don't was care an about amazing that. I don't care night. About that. I don't care about that. Fast forward, though. That was so amazing. Glenn Taylor pulled the trigger on this move, and the Wolves did before he left for Florida, down to the timing of we're going to do it on that, Sunday that after loss, that game. That loss to the Hawks might have been the, the straw that broke the camel's back, though. Just because sure, the, but you just because the firing after. didn't happen the next day doesn't mean that's not the final straw. Just because of the timing does not mean that that didn't seal his fate. I think the final straw was what day are season ticket renewal forms going out. I think that is everything to it. I think that is the whole story. Think it's a big deal. That's not the whole story. There are there are basketball reasons. No, but the timing. Once again, go back to the timing. The timing of this move was yeah. made based on business. I, I'm with you. This is a basketball move, and it's a good move. By, with with by business the way, motives. I think Glenn Taylor not being there yesterday is embarrassing. Yeah, I agree. But I think pulling the trigger on this guy to fire him was over. I would have looked. You can't not tell your boss when you know for a fact. The one thing, Jimmy Butler's a complete fraud. But that jackass is not lying when he said that he first said, I, it's not going to work for me here after the Houston series. Mm-hmm. So at that point in time, for Tibbs to have glossed over it and not told Glenn until after the fact, and then basically tell him when we find out, is a fireable with cause offense. And so Tom Thibodeau's time was done, and he should be done, and he has no business keeping his job. But 
what I find interesting is why did they do it now? And I'm telling you, it comes back to one thing for the now. Dan, yeah, Danny, Danny hit on it perfectly in the last segment. It's it was a basketball move with business timing. Mm-hmm. Business timing, hundred percent. And that's what Glenn, Glenn, he's a businessman. Yep, he is a businessman. And no, business. That was that was a slick Jay Z line. I Thank love you. it. That was great. Now, do we think that this is going? <laughs> do we think that this is going to work though? And to, right over Judd's head too. To put, oh yeah, completely. <laughs> to put, <laughs> is this going to work to put butts back in seats? Is the question. Well, the one my favorite part about Timberwolves games is not the game itself, but it's the pregame introductions. The players are always introduced, and then after the players, the head coach is introduced, and it's not done with fanfare in any arena. Like no head coach is like has fireworks going off for their name or anything like that. It's an afterthought, but it comes after the players everywhere. And as soon as the PA announcer at Target Center finished saying Tom Thibodeau, the music inside Target Center was cranked up loud and fast because they didn't want to give any space for fans to boo him. They would boo him, but the game ops staff did their very, very best to try and drown it out with music. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do that on Friday night. It's going to be different. It's not going to come at you as soon as, as soon as the PA announcer is done saying Ryan Saunders, there's not going to be music just blaring right away. There's going to be cheers too. It'll be sold out on Friday. It might be. I, I mean, everyone wants to come see Luka Doncic, and it's their last chance to see Dirk Nowitzki. So I would go to the game. I think Ryan Luke, Luka's legit, man. I think Ryan is going to be. It, it's going to be a popular move, and and I do believe. I don't think he's going to be able to put butts in seats every game or a lot of them. But I think short term he will definitely. And think and about that first game Friday, definitely. Yeah. And think about this town. Think about who we like and who we don't like. We are. If we embrace you, you're in. You're in the club. And getting kicked out of that club is very hard. You embracing me? Not really. Not yet. Especially with those <laughs> phrases, catchphrases. Or with whatever. what? That Jay-Z stuff. I don't get it. Come on! My, but anyway. Anyway. We're business, man. <laughs> back, to my, back to my point. My point is... Declan Goff just texted me about it, too. Because that was right over Judd's head. Oh, yeah. Completely. <laughs> Let me get back to my point, though. My my point is that if you're not in with us, you're never in. And that was true. I think the most unpopular professional coach in this town before Tibbs was Childress. And Childress had a bad introductory press conference, and yep. it was a big, and people never forgave him. Yep. And and it's weird because you get guys like Zim, who is sort of a curmudgeonly old guy who you, who sometimes might not like. We like guys like that. But I do think that Ryan, and because of Ryan's dad, and Ryan seems like a good kid, I do think that Ryan is going to get a lot of support from this town. I think also perception, to your point, Judd, like sort of that initial perception is a big part of it too because Zimmer was Zimmer was kind of an old curmudgeon sort of grumpy guy too, but there was something about his personality that was just sort of still like an underdog thing, it's just sort of like the... He's been an assistant for fifteen. He's got some. Years, bud, he's got finally, some Bud Grant to him. Yeah, yeah. We like that. There's, there's that. There's still like that endearing part of his personality that Vikings fans have been able to gravitate to. But with like Chili and Tibbs, they just they came in right away, and you, I think fans just were turned off by them immediately. And, and for Tibbs, personality wise, for Tibbs, yeah. that was that was like one of ninety nine problems. Well, yeah, I'm sure his players couldn't stand him. <laughs> another Jay-Z line. I would have no idea. I would have no clue. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break. Uh, TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd. Mackie joins at 4 o'clock. Up next, an impromptu scoop with our guy Doogie, Timberwolves exclusive. Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Mackie and Judd. Of course, the day after Tom Thibodeau loses his job as Wolves coach, and joined now by our buddy Darren Doogie Wolfson with a very special edition of the Scoop, a Tibbs edition. And Dugs, you've been calling this for a long time, that it was going to be over for Tibbs eventually here. How surprised were you, though, by the timing of this move after a one-sided victory over the Lakers on a Sunday for the plug to be pulled now? Yeah, the timing did surprise me, Judd. Yeah, I mean, the idea, the fact that it happened, I mean, no surprise. We've been talking for weeks about the business side of things, which we can get to in a second. But but Glenn Taylor's still in Florida. He has a residence in South Florida. I figured if Glenn did it now, in season, 
that Glenn would do it in person. So knowing that Glenn was still in Florida, coming off two victories, two blowout victories, albeit against a lowly Magic team, and then the Lakers down, what, three key players with Kuzma, LeBron, and Rondo. Not mm-hmm. quite sure why I mentioned Kuzma first, by the way. I mean, yeah, LeBron, LeBron first, is all you really need to know. So, yeah, the timing absolutely yeah. surprised me. When my phone blew up on Sunday night, Sunday late afternoon, you know, yesterday afternoon, I was I was surprised. But, yeah, the idea that, that this happened, it was a matter of when, not if. I was even going back and looking at some messages with Danny Cunningham, who does a great job covering the Wolves. You know, that's his full-time beat for 1500 ESPN. 1500ESPN.com, we were going back and forth during the Hawks game, you know, thinking, okay, you know, that bad a loss might have happened right there after. And I got a text from a high-ranking Wolves official who said, Tibbs even knows the end is near. It's just a matter of when. So I just, I didn't know the exact date. Did this surprise Tibbs then in your mind, or did it not? I mean, the timing is a little bit odd, but, but. Well, those close to Tibbs, yeah, those close to Tibbs are saying he was caught off guard. I think just coming off a blowout victory. When Butler didn't work, he was going to be gone. Yes, the clock was ticking. Yes. And Scott Layden knows that too. We just got done talking to Scott Layden. That was, I've been doing this now in this market for 21 years. That that was one of the weirder, yes. We shouldn't call you Doogie now. I know. You're, not, you're too me. old to be I'm a approaching doogie. 40. Can you really be Doogie when oh, you're 40 years old? Christ almighty. That was one of the odder, weirder press gatherings that I can recall. Him talking about some of you reporters need to think about your job security. Chip Scoggins, our good buddy Chip, asked him about his job security if he's worried. Yeah. Fair question, right? I mean, if you're Scott Layden, you better be worrying about your job security yeah, because the gone. end is near there, too. Yeah, in April. I mean, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, more so probably April. Not in season. Although, heck, things could change quickly on that front. But yeah, then Scott said, hey, you know, I've been reading some of the stories, you know, and he's alluding to, you know, whether it's Chauncey Billups' name tossed out or Fred Hoiberg or any number of other stories. He goes, here's all I have to say. Some of you guys. And he's looking directly at our buddy John Krasinski, looking right at John, saying some of you guys might need to worry about your job security. I'm just thinking deep down, Scott, guess what? I don't know how long the athletic is going to last, but I can promise you this. It is going to outlast your tenure here with Minnesota. Scott, but it got weirder from that Scott point on. That was like the first question of Scott, okay, Judd. Okay, but this, it got weirder but, for the next 10 minutes. But this is why the Knicks sent him to media counseling. Correct. And if you recall, uh, on the opening day before training camp started, when the Butler thing had just broke, it was Layden who asked Johnny for who his sources were. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, you are as tone deaf and as dumb about this as possible. So for him to to broach that, and he's gone, but for him to broach that, here's the only question that I would like to ask Glenn about Scott. Does Scott, as the trade deadline in February approaches, have any power here? I mean, are there roster moves potentially coming? Are, are they not? Because this all the one thing that we need to keep in mind is Tibbs is gone, and in my opinion, that's a very good thing. But this franchise is still run by Glenn Taylor, and there's a lot of questions whether Glenn Taylor is capable of successfully running a professional franchise. Well, here's the slippery slope on Scott. Yes, I mean, to answer your question, yes. I mean, he is the one who will be navigating these trade talks. So Scott, for the next four weeks, will be on the phone with opposing general managers. But yes, I mean, is he thinking short-term? Is he thinking, okay, we need to make the playoffs this year? Is he thinking more long-term? If he's thinking short-term, that probably means he's not moving Derrick Rose, who has no trade power, by the way, just based on him signing, re-signing, the vet minimum. Derek can actually veto a trade, but the thought is, if a team, especially a winning team, let's say Chris Paul doesn't come back for many weeks for the Rockets, and let's just say, this is a hypothetical, I don't know that the Rockets have interest in Rose, but would Derek have interest, now that Tibbs is gone, in waiving his no-trade rights? Because it seems like it seems like Derek was not too thrilled about No, Tibbs we talked to, yeah, Manny, we talked to Derek today, and yeah, I mean, he's clearly, he's clearly frustrated, upset, and he was caught off guard. I think a lot of guys, I mean, I was texting with yeah. One player who was who was completely caught off guard. They just did not see it coming yesterday. But yeah, I mean, whether it's Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson, even an Anthony Tolliver. I mean, you think about all the pending free agents they have, specifically those three. It's not like Luol Dang has trade value. Jared Bayless has some trade value yeah. just based on the contract. Expiring $8 million. Expiring $8.5 million contract. But yeah, I mean, Scott is the one, Judd, to answer your question. Scott is the one who's going to be navigating those trade talks. So it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. Because, yeah, is he thinking more short-term or long-term? In your opinion, Doogie, and we kind of, me, Danny, and Dane talked about this a little bit last night when we did sort of the emergency pod after the news broke. Yeah, that was great, by the way. Thank you. Um, It was fun, too. (laughs) Um, But 
with Ryan Saunders taking over on the interim now, how much what what do they need to see from him for him to really get a good look at having that interim label removed? Well, I mean, I guess the simple answer would be wins and losses, right? If he can get them to the playoffs right now, 11th in the Western Conference, if they finish top eight, that would mean a lot. But I think more than that, I mean, Derek Rose talked today about playing with a faster pace. Yeah. Now, it's simple to say that. It's another to actually act it out. But I think a lot of us have been saying that for a long time. You have Andrew Wiggins, right? Andrew Wiggins in a foot race can beat a lot of guys down the court. I've had David Thorpe on my podcast a ton. You know, NBA savant in so many ways. I love David, former ESPN analyst and skills coach and all that good stuff. And David's been talking for years about Andrew. You can get six to eight points a game just to outrun folks, but it's not quite that simple. You know, we'll see some of the changes on defense, but clearly, stating the obvious, they need to defend the three-point line better, right? You know, I don't need to get deep into X's and O's, but there are ways to defend the perimeter better. You think about in recent games, a lot of these three-pointers being made by the opposition are pretty darn good looks. I don't want to say wide open, pretty darn good looks. So Ryan's going to be thinking about that and thinking about playing faster, but... Yeah, I think if they find a way to make the playoffs, he's in a good spot. I mean, Glenn thinks the world of him. If they don't make the playoffs, that's where it becomes interesting. He still sticks. Regardless, well, I mean, there's other teams sticks, like Miami. I think he sticks. I know Miami, Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, some others in the Heat organization. Yep. Think the world of Ryan. So if Ryan doesn't get the full-time job, would he look to move maybe in the summer? As much mm. as he loves it here, wife from here, mom is here. As much as he loves it here, mom is still a limited partner. I mean, Flip had a stake in ownership. Debbie Saunders now has that stake. KG was supposed to, too. Remember that? In ownership. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So, you know, it'll become interesting, but I can just tell you, there are fans of Ryan across the league. That being said, I've told you before, Judd, I know people that tell me that Ryan isn't quite ready. That one day, undoubtedly, one day, he will be a head coach. But is he ready right now? There's a lot of people that say, whoa, I don't know about Assistant right now. Assistant coach since 2009 with Washington when, when he joined Flip's staff at the time, correct? Oh, he's and, paid and his I, dues. I, and I believe he had a cup of coffee as a summer league coach for the Wolves at one point. But that's it. But make no mistake, and congratulations to you because you, you called this a month and a half ago, I think. This move has nothing to do with basketball. This move is a business move. When you send in Layden, who, by the way, is Tibbs's guy, mm-hmm. and Ethan Casson, the CEO Business side, this move on Sunday had zero to do with the wellness of this basketball team on the floor and everything to do with the fact that Glenn Taylor's hope deep down is that Ryan Saunders' presence can help get people to renew season tickets, buy tickets, and that's why I I was trying to go through last night and say, why now? But it makes perfect sense. If you blow out Tibbs during the Butler saga and Ryan fails, guess what? People know that Ryan is probably gone or not keeping the job. This is the short-term sugar high of a guy that we love here, his dad especially, right? And you bring him in now, the, the renewal forms go out in the next couple weeks or so, and people say, I'm on board because you might keep Ryan Saunders. Yeah, I mean, on the business side of things, this is a really busy month looking ahead the next season. Also on the corporate side of things, corporate sponsorship, Going to get some of the corporate sponsorship Ethan money back made that, and then create new corporate right. sponsors. And Ethan Casson, it's not normal for your CEO of business to walk into your basketball president and fire him. Correct. That's well, ordinarily the owner. And I appreciate Glenn, and hopefully I'll track down Glenn on the phone here at some point this week or in the coming weeks. But frankly, Glenn should have been here mm-hmm. to make the move. Mm-hmm. You know, And in the grand scheme of things, whatever, a lot of people will be like, hey, who cares? But to me, the owner... Should have done it face-to-face, not Ethan Casson. But I can tell you this much. Ethan Casson had his fingerprints all over this move. Ethan and Glenn are in lockstep. They have a great relationship. Trust me, and it wasn't just Ethan. It was others on the business side telling Glenn, hey, we just can't keep doing this. We worry greatly about season ticket renewals. And I brought that up a few weeks ago. That being said, I'm telling you, you can give me all the credit you want, Judd. I did not see this coming right now. Possibly later this month, just looking at the schedule. I just I didn't think it would happen right now with nine of the next thirteen on the road, thirteen of fifteen against the Western Conference. Now, not real tough games. And you've got after the Tuesday game, the tomorrow game in Oklahoma City, you've got Wednesday and Thursday to practice. And you've got back to back home games Friday, Saturday, Dallas and New Orleans. Those are winnable games. You know, so for this week, Ryan can be set up to succeed. I just thought, boy, there was a better time looking at the schedule to make the move if you were going to make the move. And I thought, you know what, at 19 and 21, they're close. 
I just thought they would let this thing play out, that, that the move would happen, but it would happen in April, not in January. Now, an underlying part of this is that Andy Greer was also let go, and that leaves an open spot for another assistant coach for maybe from the outside they might want to bring in, and it sounds like maybe a veteran guy who's been a head coach before to maybe help Ryan with a few things. Are you hearing anything specifically? I saw you bring yeah. up Randy, Randy Whitman. And that would be the name I would watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people have asked me about Cheryl Reeve, you know, Ty Lue, some others. Randy Whitman would be the name to watch. I mean, he's worked yeah. with Ryan before. Well, and Ty Randy wants, and the Ty, Saunders Ty family are incredibly coach close. Again, right? Ty yeah, Lou, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just random fans, man. Sure. Just throwing that out on my sure. Twitter feed. But yeah, Randy would be the name. Nothing has been finalized. I just know that internally, that name has come up. Randy's in town. He was consulting for the Orlando Magic last year, but he's always maintained a residence in town. Okay, so he's been living here. For, yeah, okay. he still has his house in the in the Southwest Metro. Well, I think he's got another residence. I should text Randy. In fact, we were actually texting last week, setting up him to be on my podcast this week, which, based on timing, things might no need more to Whitman, okay? switch on that. No, no more. Let's let's stop bringing back people. It wouldn't be on a full time <laughs> basis. It would be on an interim basis, just to help Ryan, somebody that Ryan trusts, somebody that's that's known Ryan forever, just to help him navigate things. I mean, you think about it. I mean, you know, when to substitute guys, right? I mean, just, you know, does he want to keep the same daily schedule, same shoot-around time? You know, when to shoot around, maybe when not to shoot around, same practice schedule, you know, same film session ways. I mean, there's just so many things for a head coach to think about. But just think about in-game, you know, when to use a timeout, right? I mean, Heck, when to ride the refs, when to not ride the refs. I mean, there's a science to that. But those are some of the things that a guy like Randy Whitman could help Ryan with. Hey, what about KG? I don't know if anybody saw KG's Instagram. He posted a saw picture that. of somebody like to, or mentioning him in like a video or like a picture <laughs> or something of Tib, the news of Tibbs being fired and said, they need to hire KG or something like that. So that was kind well, of Well, but guess what? Funny. KG has zero interest in actually coaching. Oh, yeah, and I don't blame I him. I mean, you think about the... Ryan. He wants no parts. The of that. demand. He wants no parts of that. So what? And what Glenn's you, still the owner, by the way, Manny. Right. Right. As long right, as Glenn yes. is in place, KG wants nothing to do with the so Wolves. What are the odds that that Saunders does enough in your job to keep this thing? Because that's the one. Because I do sense from Glenn's quotes uh, to the Pioneer Press and Star Tribune that he really—that's his goal here. I mean, th- this is not. This is an experiment, but it's not in the sense that if he has. Any success at all. And by the way, we are about to find out something very important, which is the public believes firmly, and they might be right, that this is a player's league. And if that's the case, and these guys, especially number 22, rally around this kid, he's got a fighting chance. Yeah, I'm not dismissing. I mean, I think three years ago, we all knew that the chances of Sam Mitchell retaining the job were incredibly small. I give Ryan a slightly better chance than I gave Sam this time Sam three didn't years sell any ago. tickets, though. No. That's the key thing here. Glenn isn't Glenn is thinking about the playoffs are nice because I make more money if if the building is full in the springtime. But what Glenn is thinking about here is not basketball. Glenn is is basically looking at the the bottom line, which is why when the CEO gets to him and says, Glenn, this Friday night against the Magic, I don't care that they trailed, I don't care that they came back and won. Friday night against the Magic was a very poor crowd, a very small crowd, and I'm sorry, but when you're up fifteen and guys are standing up and randomly yelling "fire Tibbs," you got a problem. Correct, and it, and it, it goes was back going, it to was the beginning of the be season. Clear. I told you about that Denver game I was at the night before Thanksgiving. I mean, that's normally the Wolves have had a home yep. game the night before exactly. Thanksgiving for many, many years. It's just it happens to be a family tradition. We end up going. I've been for years to that game, that Wednesday night game. The arena is typically full. Yeah. In this case, no. And there's people screaming in our section 126. Fire Tibbs. Trust me. I mean, that's not the sole reason why Tibbs is gone. But yeah, that is part of it. I mean, that resonates. That resonated with Ethan. It got to Glenn. Heck, Glenn heard it himself, all the Fire Tibbs chants. So yeah, on Ryan's chances, though, I still think they bring in somebody else. I do. If I had to bet right now, I'm not dismissing Ryan's chances. I'm not saying 0%. There is a chance. But if I had to bet, it'll be somebody else. I mean, they've talked internally about Fred Hoiberg. I promise. I I haven't randomly tossed out Chauncey Billups' name. For months on these airwaves, just randomly. His name has come up internally. I still think they want to go back to the traditional model of president of operations, who solely is that. And, and not to coaching. me, so bring in that individual. Maybe it's Fred Hoiberg. 
you know, Fred wants to stay in the NBA. That's what I know. Now, whether Fred wants to still coach, he's got a passion for coaching, but Fred might be open-minded to working in a front office like he did with the Wolves many years ago. But go back to that model. You bring in a president of operations and allow that individual to hire the next head coach. But if, if you do that, and it's Chauncey, for instance, you've got to allow him then to pick the coach. So it's probably not Fred in well, that case. And like it would be the model you can't of, be like, hey, take Fred, Chauncey, and, and make this work. Yeah, I mean, it would be our guy, Stefanski. Ed Stefanski, not Kevin. Ed, who got hired, <laughs> what, like mid to late May by the Pistons. Then he orchestrated the hire of one Dwayne Casey. That, to me, would be the most recent model to look at. So you bring in an Ed Stefanski type to run things here and allow that individual to hire the next head coach. So back to Ryan very quickly. If, let's say, hypothetically, they get to the end of the season, they decide they're going to go with somebody else as a head coach instead of Ryan, would Ryan be interested in staying on as an assistant or would he want to move on yeah, somewhere else? That's where it gets interesting. I mean, I'm just telling you, Miami really likes him. I can promise you there are others who really like him. I mean, Dwayne Casey likes him. And Sid Lowe's there in Detroit. And Sid, I was texting with Sid Lowe last night. Sid Lowe has a super healthy opinion of Ryan Saunders. So, I mean, there are organizations that would have interest. You know, but you think about his roots being here and his family being here. If they sell I think tickets, in an ideal world, he finds a way to stay if here. If they sell tickets. That's He's back. Thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Thank you, sir. You got it. An impromptu uh, scoop the day after Tibbs is fired with Doogie. Check him out, of course. Um, does some great work for us with the Scoop podcast. You can find that iTunes, 1500ESPN.com, Podcast One. Back after this on Mackie and Judd. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. What is it you're trying to say? Now, back to Mackie and Judd. What? On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on traffic here in the TCL broadcast studios. 169 northbound. We still have that crash in Champlin uh, between 114th Avenue North and 117th Avenue North, causing about a four-minute delay right now. And uh, also, we've got a stalled vehicle in Minneapolis between uh, Highway 55 and 35W, that typical area. Uh, A lane is blocked right now, 94 westbound. Uh, in that area, so uh, keep an eye out for that if you're on the roads, folks. I think everybody knows this is special. Yeah, this is special, and um, for a number of reasons. And uh, but it's, uh, you know, I, I'd say in, in the current moment, it's it's special because of the players. And like this is this is about about the players. Um, it's special, you know, that I have relationships with these guys, and uh, I've seen them. You know, a number of them I've seen them since they were teenagers, and I was thinking about that uh, that earlier. And uh, to see the growth, and then to see a, a position, maybe a position that um, you know you're 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 not you know thinking you're you're ever going to necessarily be in you know at, at this time, um, but be in that position with these guys is uh, it is a special thing. The TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd is the show. Phil will join at the uh, top of the hour. Appreciate Doogie stopping in for a Tibbs-related scoop. Ryan Saunders talking today. Manny Hill. Ryan yes, Saun- Ryan Saunders is 32. His previous coaching experience at the NBA level has been he was an assistant from 2009 to 14 with Washington, where his dad was in 2009. And then he came here with his dad in 2014 and, of course, tragically flipped, passed away, uh, complications from cancer in October 2015. And that's why that's why it was interesting that Doogie brought up the name Randy Whitman, because remember when Flip left yes. the Wizards, Randy Whitman took he over kept as him, coach. Right? Yeah. Give me your expert basketball opinion. What are the chances that Ryan Saunders and success can be judged in a lot of different ways? But what, in your opinion, are the chances that he gets this job, grabs this job, and has enough success to keep this job? I think he's got a good chance. I think he's got a good shot at it. Um, I'm not sure. I know Doogie talked about you know wins and losses might be something that they look at. I'm not sure that Ryan needs to win a ton of games to keep this job. I think it's I, I think for him to keep this job, I think it's going to depend on how this team looks, how they perform, even in games that they lose, how competitive they are, how hard they play. If we're seeing growth and improvement from a certain fifth-year wing player that's making a lot of money on a max contract right now. I think that that's will a, have that's a tough one right there. I know, I that's know. That's a but, tough ask for anyone to. Uh, I know to it's get a, the most it's from a that tall guy. Order. Yes, I, it is. I understand completely, but I do think 
all of those things are going to come into play. And obviously, I mean, I think the fans, at least early on here, are going to be going to be pretty invested in this thing just because of I think people are excited about Tibbs being gone. I think people like Ryan a lot. I think people are rooting for Ryan to do well. So I think the the fan interest will will maintain and maybe increase a little bit more because it's starting to we're starting to see some apathy a little bit, I think, in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's going to pick up a little bit. And I we'll, we'll see. I think he's got a decent shot. I think he's got a decent shot to keep the job. I think in some ways, th- this reminds me a lot of the 2010 in-season transition from Chile during the collapse of 2010 to Frazier. Because if you recall, Frazier came in here. He won his first game, I believe, in Washington and was a complete breath of fresh air because mm-hmm. Chile had been such a hard ass. Chile had that act. He had gone from year one trying to be Belichick, which failed to no end, yep. to deciding Chile, deciding he was going to be Dungy for a year or two, to then in 2009 having a lot of success and coming back with pressure and reverted right back to the Belichick act. And if you recall, when Frazier got here, it was just like, oh, yeah. this, is so, this is so much better. It's so refreshing. So so I do think Ryan is going to be helped by the fact that fans are going to embrace him. Players, there is, you can't tell me, other than maybe Derek Rose and Taj, maybe? Is there anybody that really liked to be, you're up by 20 points against the Lakers and that guy is yelling at you constantly? Nobody, (laughs) no employee can enjoy that. I'm sorry, I don't care how tough of nails a player that you might be. That's got to wear super thin. And I, I also think that, you know, maybe if you look at the former Bulls players that are on the team, that maybe they not may not be thrilled about Tibbs' departure. I think noticeably Derrick Rose doesn't seem to be too thrilled about it. I don't know if Taj is, I don't know how Taj exactly feels about it, but I do get the sense that the, all of these guys will be professionals, though. Like I don't, I don't know oh, if yeah, any no of them question. are going to pout or no, no, they won't. Really, I mean, Derek, Derek cl- clearly seems upset about it, but I think Derek will still show up and play. Yes, and and I don't think he's going to, you know, mail it in or pack it and in if or you're say cat, get me out of here or anything like that. If you're a cat, you've got to be ecstatic, right? Yeah. Like I, I saw Johnny referred to the fact that he confirmed in his reporting that there wasn't this was not a power struggle between Cat and Tibbs, and Cat didn't get Tibbs fired. But you've got to be. Thrilled. But it, it was it wasn't all roses either. Well, I mean, come on, you're playing you're playing late in the blowout, and that did not get tips fired. But you're playing late in the blowout, and there. I'll go back to what I said. What masochist would enjoy, or you you would have to be a masochist to enjoy having a guy constantly screaming mm-hmm. and yelling. He he never sat down. Yeah. He, and well, you know, perhaps in 1985 that works. Perhaps that that's a motivator, and the team's like, yes, this is. 2019. But Judd, even go go back to last year. I mean, think about this. We've talked about it a million times. They won 47 games last year, made the playoffs for the first time in 14 years, and everybody seemed miserable. Yeah. Everybody on the team seemed miserable. Although when, people were griping and complaining to each other. In retrospect, chemistry how, issues. In retrospect, how much do you think, because that was certainly tips, but in yeah. retrospect, how much of that do you think was... This guy, I hate him. And then you go talk to Jimmy Butler. I'm sorry, there's nobody, nobody who was around Butler couldn't have seen through that act and been like, I thought you were going to help, and you're a good player, but dude, you're a pain. We were so wrong about Jimmy Butler. You man. know what? That's that's the Wolves' we fault. So- but that's the Wolves' fault for having so. That's where complete control will get to you. And that is ultimately that's I mean, not the, our fault. The 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 business decisions and we talked about that and and all of that was a, a huge reason why this move was made yesterday. But the the Jimmy Butler experiment, Jimmy Butler era, whatever the hell you want to call it, that blowing up in Tom Thibodeau's face is ultimately the reason was the total number one reason that led to his demise as the head coach. And that happening is why Tibbs never should have had both jobs because yep. Tibbs might be able to coach. He might be a decent coach. I don't know. But what he has no business doing is involving himself in player personnel because anything that actually has to involve people, he's not going to be good at. Mm-hmm. You- Tibbs, how, how many phone calls are, hell, he probably talked to Butler how many times would you need to have contact with Jimmy Butler to say, 
he's amusing and he's nuts. <laughs> if you were a responsible executive, I have no sympathy for Tom at all. Because if you are a responsible executive, you would have known he knew Jimmy. And he knew that if Jimmy was ever saying it one time, that's long gone. So the night he made that trade, he knew he was acquiring a crazy man. But he thought it would work. And it and it didn't. But that's the point. He was Tibbs was playing fantasy basketball. That's what he was doing. He mm-hmm. never he never once involved himself in human interaction at all. And I'm sorry, you can know talent, you can know X's and O's. You can know in sports, you can know a ton of things. But if you have an absolute blind spot to perhaps the most important thing, how human beings operate. Personalities. You're an idiot. You have to be able to manage personalities. You, you should, then you can't have control. And that's, and that's where he ultimately dropped the ball because he didn't read he didn't read the room right. No, but he didn't he didn't realize he that knew. this Jimmy thing, that this Jimmy's personality was not gonna mesh well with Cat or Wiggins okay, or anybody else. But you can stop right there. Jimmy Butler will never mesh well with another human being on a team ever again. It wasn't Cat and it wasn't Andrew. As flawed as Wiggy it, might but be. But it was Cat and Andrew especially. But it's going to happen in Philadelphia now. And they're going to let yeah. him walk. But I, but and I it think, happened in Chicago. But I, I do think in Philadelphia there are personalities there that are a little bit stronger that Jimmy is not well, going to be able to like bully and push I around. told you the key. If I'm Embiid, I drop him. No, seriously. He wa- the, the next time that. he talks to me, if you if you want to deal if you want to deal in human interaction with Jimmy Butler, the next time he says something you don't like, you're bigger and you're probably stronger. Punch him right in the face. Just well, drop him. And at this put point, put him on the too, floor. I don't I don't give a damn. He deserves it. Well, and at this point too, I mean, Joel doesn't even need to do anything like that because the the writing's on the wall now. Like everybody, is I drop getting, him for fun. <laughs> I do it. I beat the bleep out of him for fun. But everybody knows. Everybody's getting it. Like with Jimmy Butler now, this is the third time that this sort of thing is third different team, third time that this sort of yeah. thing is is right. going on. It's like fool me once, right fool in me the twice. nose, Manny. Yeah, right in the nose. If I play for the Sixers, I say Jimmy. Come here a second. Bang. And I knock <laughs> him out. Would, and he'd probably like it. And I knock him out and I say, you know what, Jimmy? There's your interaction. You want a tough guy? I gave you a tough guy. He'd probably, Jimmy would probably get up and look at Joel Embiid and say, I'm so proud of you, man. TCL Broadcast Studios Mackie joins after this. And I won't punch him. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've heard to date. On 1500 ESPN. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.